Welcome back to STG Talks. We're your hosts, Kevin and James, based in Chicago and Scotland, and we're here to inspire you to take action towards achieving the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Each week's episode, we will be talking with changemakers about their grassroots and global initiatives related to the 2030 Agenda. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and please be sure to check out the show notes for links and further reading. A negative um, perception to even maybe the researcher and the research. So I, I really think um, channeling positive impact through the media is very powerful and everyone loves movies so, so you know creating a documentary that is easily accessible to anyone they can watch it and, and get information and enjoy watching it you know it's always nice as well so I think bringing those two together it, it really helps to channel the message further. Hey everybody welcome to the SDG Talks podcast today I've been speaking with Rihanna Patterson who has some really interesting things going on in her personal life and in her work life, all about SDG3 health and well-being. And I really, really, really actually enjoyed her three or four even healthy habits that she recommended just at the end of the episode. And I was not expecting some of those little gems. But today we're going to be talking about ageism. We're going to be talking about dementia. We're going to be talking about having empathy for others, the importance of community, the importance of purpose. Um, and really just how you can lead a healthy and happy life and Rihanna's a very passionate and enthusiastic person and I'm sure you're going to enjoy listening to her as much as I enjoy talking to her so I hope you enjoy this episode and please leave any thoughts or comments or even a review in Apple Podcasts just after this thank you but great to get you on the podcast Rihanna I can see here that you are doing really lots of interesting stuff you're a social entrepreneur you've spoken at TEDx um, and you've also founded a charity, Dominica Dementia Foundation. Um, and yeah, you've, there's quite a lot of different things going on in your life. But what could be quite nice for the listeners out there, maybe first and foremost, is, is to hear about how you contribute to SDG3 um, and what your areas of focus are. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, James. I think the areas of focus for me is health and well-being as it relates to mental health. Um, I'm also looking at employee well-being, and I've also sparked an interest in sustainability as well. So I'm looking at different grassroots organizations and developing my knowledge on climate change and resilience. Awesome. And how is it that you relate to health and well-being? Is this through you know, things like your foundation, um, or is this also through your work? And what are the kind of ways in which you sort of live with SDG3 you could say? Yes so definitely uh, mental health was a principle for forming the foundation and that's kind of like where my work has been centered for a couple years now and then during COVID I saw that there was a need for employee well-being having a structure um, in place to promote well-being and productivity and also healthy habits as well because now that we're working from home a lot of our home habits mm. might not be as healthy as we think they are and they're kind of interrupting with our work patterns as well. So that is something that I started to look into, especially for myself as well, to kind of monitor my habits while working from home. And then I decided that, you know, this is something I want to share and contribute to. So I developed the 28-day habit challenge in February launched mm -hmm. it and I got a few um, colleagues of mine who joined the uh, challenge and a few students as well so it was just 
a month to kind of focus on your body, listening to your body, listening to your environment, um, you know, what practices you need to put in place to work a bit more efficiently and having that time for rest as well, which I think is very important. And I think people kind of struggle with that work or life balance. Like I like mm. to say, there's no balance, but you can, some things will always take priority other things. But I think the main goal is to ensure that health is priority. You know, having a nice definitely, definitely. life. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've, I'm so resonating with you saying this right now. And, and yeah, I guess SDG3, it's health and well-being. And I'm thinking, you know, you're both hitting on the physical side of things, but also the mental. I mean, even me right now, I'm sitting in the chair that's not quite right for what I should be sitting in. I'm slunched over, slouched over, and my shoulders are bent. And yeah, physically, I'm not in the right space. But then mentally as well, you know, you finish work. But then do you finish work at four or do you finish at five? Or do you do emails in the evening? And when that's when does that? That line between rest and work uh, get crossed, and, and when do you set? How do you set those boundaries? Um, so I'd actually, yeah, I feel like something like the twenty-eight day habit challenge would have been really good for me, to be honest, because I need a lot of these interventions in my own life. Well, what? Um, how did you? How did you sort of continue things things on going forward? I mean, was this mostly just on social media, or was this also? Um, yeah, how did, how did you sort of create the outreach and create the exposure around uh, improving health and well-being in, in the workplace? Yeah, so the 28 Day Habit Challenge. Or at home in the workplace even. Yeah, sure. So it was kind of like a campaign. So I set it up on MailChimp and got all my colleagues to sign up for the campaign, um, got them to share it with their other friends, families, colleagues. You know, I wanted, them, I wanted this to be a collective um, kind of project, you know, so it's beneficial for everyone. Um, so yeah, it was mainly social media promotion and email marketing. Awesome, and you, you're doing a lot more than just what you what you've been doing, I guess, right now in this in this lockdown towards um, SDG three health and well being. I mean, I can see, as I mentioned just at the start, that you actually set up your own foundation, um, which is all about uh, helping those with dementia, the Dominica Dementia Foundation. But maybe I could allow you to put some more words to it and. Yeah, what was it that inspired you to to start your own foundation at such a young age? Yeah, definitely it was with my grandfather who passed away dementia. I think it was more about the challenges that we face um, because, you know, we die all the time, not to be morbid or anything, um, but it's how that person dies and how it has impacted your life and others is what caused me to run to social impact, really. Um, so... You know, he had dementia and he was back and forth in hospital. And then, you know, there were days that he didn't remember me. There were days that I was in the hospital studying for exams because that happened during high school. So when I was like um, around 16 and, you know, I couldn't really speak to my friends about it. It's not something that they understood. I didn't really understand it to a great detail. Um, I only knew the surface of dementia and there's so, so much that I had no idea. And even understanding the concept that the mind can forget to such a degree that they, you can forget yourself, you can forget, you know, wife and kids that you had for years. It's incredible and it is very emotional and it really was a lot to take in. Um, seeing my grandfather deteriorate was so emotional for myself, for his wife, for my mom, you know, um, and I really felt for mm. him. And yeah, it was definitely like losing someone 
that's already gone. And um, I could just imagine the families that are experiencing this and they have no support. There's nothing being done in this area. So I decided that I want to commit my life to this cause. So then after, my, when my grandfather passed away, I decided to go on to um, college to study psychology and understand how the brain works and why we do what we do basically. And it was a very interesting time. I really did enjoy, enjoy my time um, studying this area. And then afterwards I went into volunteer work and then I thought, you know, maybe I should start an, an organization, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted it to be about. But I thought whatever it is, it needs to be where my heart is set on fire. I don't want to do anything that I'm not passionate about. Um, and I thought that period of my life was so difficult, so complex, challenging, emotional, altogether. It's something I can build upon and it's something that will really help and change the world. So that is kind of how I came about um, starting this foundation, speaking to my college friends and everything. And then it became a youth led organization and it still runs like that. So it's young people um, kind of working with care homes and families affected by dementia. And we also facilitate research towards dementia as well. We do a lot of advocacy work. We work with other NGOs. We work with the government, you know, and we also have different programs like the Dementia Friend program um, to increase the knowledge of dementia in communities as well. Oh, that's that's just super, super inspiring. And it's, it makes a, yeah, it really hits hearing that it's something that's been so close to your heart and it's such a personal journey. Um, and yeah, just incredibly inspiring that you've made the decision then years ago because of this event and this experience that you want to dedicate your life to something bigger. Um, and, I, and I don't think many people have that kind of, um, yeah, de decision-making ability at such a young age and the sort of like you could say um, drive and care for the world to really dedicate to something like that um, and, and I really like this idea of bringing the young people into care homes and engaging with with the old people and that's the point that kind of stands out most for me would you say that's one of your more interesting initiatives it's just if we were to kind of take like a dive into how that works in practice and what the what the outputs are that you're looking for by starting that kind of initiative oh yeah definitely i think intergenerational um activities is really powerful you know we've got the young people coming into the care homes doing salsa therapy dance therapy art therapy engaging with um older people and you know it's just a wonderful thing to see <laughs> they just lighten up they're energetic no. you know everyone's having a good time and increasing the emotions and the mood of someone who has dementia can also improve brain health. Um, so, you know, it's not just making them feel good, but physically and mentally they are improving. And, um, you know, it's just, it is lovely to see the results of something that I've developed and, you know, I can see the impact, I can see change in lives, you know, not just for people who have dementia and their families, but even for our volunteers, I can see that they are feeling like they contribute to something great and it makes me feel great to, you know, kind of pave that way for, for youth development as well. I think it's very important. You know, the youth is our future, so we need to invest in them. And I think that's quite an important thing to do. Yeah, 100%. It's a complete win-win.
in. Um, and, and it's a really nice way for, for the youth there, what you were touching on at the end, I, I feel to yeah, just to, to take on a bit of responsibility and to have a bit of um, have a bit of community service, you could almost say, to giving back to their own community and, and, and doing their sort of piece. And, and I think it's, it's only a great thing to start at the, the youngest age as possible. So what, what are the plans then with, with the foundation? I mean, you've, you've obviously got quite a few initiatives going on. What would be the sort of next steps? Where are you, where are you hoping to take things? Yeah, well, right now we're still doing advocacy work, but we're also trying to create as much partnerships as we can with regional um, organizations, um, preferably youth-led, but it doesn't really matter just as long as we can also collectively work on projects for common goal um, is always beneficial. So that's kind of like what we're looking at right now. But our busiest month is usually September, which is World Alzheimer's Month. And we do a lot of advocacy during that time as well. Um, but I'm working mm -hmm. on a project right now independently to raise awareness of ageism in the media, which I think is another area that needs um, attention. And then through the foundation, I'm hoping that this film will be a model for research. So I'll be working with the foundation and other um, Caribbean islands to then create uh, research into dementia in the Caribbean, because um, there's also a lack of research. And I think research is quite powerful and that's kind of what we depend on as mm. there is no cure for dementia as yet. Um, so all the information that we can get, local information is very valuable as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. What what is it the the documentary that you're creating on on ableism? If you could maybe elaborate a, a bit on that, it sounds quite interesting. I'm oh, sorry, not ableism, ageism, because um, it's a term that I'm not super familiar with, but I understand where it's coming from. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of stigmatized language used related to age and older people in the media, and I think that denotes a negative perception to dementia and aging. And that also affects how people perceive medication, research, mental health. So I think it's a very um, good area to capitalize on ensuring that we're using positive language um, instead of saying sufferers of dementia, suffering with dementia and things like that. You can just say someone who has dementia, a person with dementia, um, you know, it kind of brings a more normalized way of speaking about mental health and aging um, and that is kind of what I want to amplify a bit more because mm. I've, I've seen you know credible credible news organizations say sufferers and say things that they shouldn't have said about older people and I think you know watching that maybe as an older person with dementia or even without dementia it's just it's not nice you know it's not kind way of, of bringing out a very true story to someone's heart you know you know, I've seen personal stories that use stigmatized language, even research, um, you know, credited by mm. media organizations use stigmatized language. And that also denotes a negative um, perception to even maybe the researcher and the research. So I, I really think um, channeling positive impact through the media is very powerful. And everyone loves movies. So, so you know, creating a documentary that is easily accessible to anyone they can watch it and get information and enjoy watching it you know it's always nice as well so i think bringing those two together it really helps to channel the message further yeah definitely definitely i think it takes a lot of empathy and 
yeah, just an ability to step into someone else's shoes to notice the kind of things that you've been noticing with the ageism um, and to really feel maybe how, how that other group would feel not being an old person yourself, you know, not being someone that suffers with dementia yourself. Um, what, how, how are the plans to make it then um, a happy story, if you could share so much, or what, what are your thoughts around, you know, having the positive impact, but leaving people feeling good after watching the documentary? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you come to Caribbean, you know that we've got great vibes. <laughs> so that is definitely what I want people to understand and acknowledge and appreciate um, the culture of, of our islands, the culture of Dominica. You know, we've got Creole month, we've got Creole foods. You know, we're, we're very bright people. And um, that is something I'm hoping to highlight through the film, the holistic practices of dementia, the cultural context of dementia, um, and how we can come together to celebrate something so beautiful, you know, our culture is appreciated through all age groups, all gender, you know. So I want to show that through the film. I'll be going down in October in Creole season to ensure that I get, you know, as much um, of the cultural context as possible. Awesome. Oh, that sounds like it'll be a, re a really exciting process. And and the, the, the big thing that stands out for me here, what I was mentioning before is just this empathy and this it feels like you've developed a really enormous capacity for for relating to others would you say that's one of the big things that you've kind of taken from this journey and if not I mean what are the other things that you've really sort of discovered about yourself and about SDG3 and about health and well-being about around people in general sort of through these past five six years that you've been working on this yeah I would say I've developed a concrete self-awareness and awareness of others and my environment. Um, you know, I've grown as a person, the foundation has grown and we've grown together. And, you know, it's been a very beautiful journey and we're still going. Um, I would also say I pay, uh, sorry, I pay attention to detail um, with everything that I do, you know. Um, and I would also say I understand fought leadership and I understand that a leader isn't just supposed to lead but lead others to greatness and that is something that I also want to do I want to create the next generation of change makers I want to create the next generation of legacy builders I want us to create community and that is also something I notice um, during my journey that you know you can't do things alone so having a community that can share knowledge, that you can share challenges, you know, when it's tough and out, you can speak to someone and, and have that, you know, brainstorming session that you might need, or even having someone that you can just talk about your day if it was very challenging to just debrief um, is very important as well. Mm -hmm. um, definitely having the space to do that has been very beneficial for my journey. And just being very patient with myself. Um, you know, patience is something that I've developed and acknowledge through my journey as well. Um, you know, just being patient with the opportunities, patience with the growth of the foundation. Um, you know, patience is a real strong asset that not a lot of people actually have. <laughs> so I definitely really didn't have patience, but it's something that I've acknowledged. Um, 
is increasing. So I'm very grateful for that as well. Yeah, that really gets me thinking about um, a famous quote I've heard, which is people can overestimate what they can achieve in one year and they underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. And you're always just thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to make this amazing plan. I'm going to work really hard. And then you lose motivation because Definitely. you don't see the results that you want to see. But actually, you just if you've got the patience and the dedication and the time, you will reap those rewards in the future. The point that you were making there about um, the community aspect of health and well-being and how you, you know, really appreciate coming home and being able to debrief with someone and talk through your day is something that I've completely related to. So I've moved to the Scottish Highlands with my girlfriend. We live in a very small house and there's not that many people around. And having gone through lots of conversations about what do you need to feel happy and to feel fulfilled and community is the one that always just comes up at, on top for us as well. And, you know, having people around that you can rely on and trust. It doesn't even have to be a lot of people, just a small number of core people that you can have these conversations with um, really does a lot for your, your health and well-being. And the second one that I come off come back to a lot is purpose. And I guess you're a very purpose-driven person. Purpose-driven purpose? Purpose-driven person. Purpose person. Um, so you obviously... Or this is something that's that's your bread and butter as well. Um, would you say what what the key <laughs> what what would you say the key? Have, have you tried to distill this down health and well being into sort of like key categories, or how do you how do you look at it from a personal perspective? Yeah, with health and well being, there's like different segments of it. So I think financial health can also translate into well being, having friends and family well-being um you know it depends on the needs of the person as you know if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs there's different um like segments down the triangle that shows the needs of people um and i think it's a really good framework that shows you know what you might be lacking what you need to improve on what's going well so having that space to kind of measure your growth and and what's necessary for your next level of mental health and well-being is very important as well. So, yeah, there's different small aspects. It's not just about um, seeking therapy. You know, that's one aspect, but it's also the other aspects like, you know, how's your finances, how's your social um, skills and social circles. Um, you know, it's also about, maybe social economic issues um, surrounding your environment it might be related to i don't know um physical aspects so it it, it can be different things for different people um but yeah it depends on it's yeah it's definitely individualistic but there are certain trends that you can see over time in different people. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And I really like your talking about the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I think that's like your shelter, right? And your food and yeah. all these kind of elements. It, it gets me thinking about the rule of threes, which is something I, I was an archery instructor and like an outdoors instructor for a period of time. And 
there's a rule of threes, which is you need you you're, or you can only live for three minutes without air, for three hours without shelter, three weeks without food. And I'm wondering if you could make more threes for other things, mm. like community and purpose and financial well-being. Um, but I think that's a, a great way of looking at things. Um, there was um, something that you had you had mentioned about having um, engaged with the um, the Queen's Young Leader Awards, um, and, and I'm wondering what what that kind of award um, involves and and how it sort of helps and furthers your work. Oh yes, so um, I was awarded by the Queen in 2017 for the work that I do with Dementia and Dominica. And yeah, it was very, I don't know, like I was just taken aback by everything that happened during that year. It was so amazing um, and very humbling opportunity to have met her and also mm. to have met, you know, inspiring young people that are changing the world as well so now we've also got a community of young leaders because it was a four-year um, program and in the year that you get the award and everything you don't just get the award but you also get opportunities to personally develop through mentorship through the leadership program calling leading change at the university of cambridge and that was a wonderful opportunity to learn more as a young leader um, and get different resources and skills to um, help you to perform um, through your organization. So yeah, it was wonderful. It was 60 of us in the Commonwealth um, who have been selected for this award. So yeah, I've got a, a extended global network now, um, which I'm really- Yeah, I was for. gonna say, you're gonna, you're gonna have a great network around the world. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure other points where you can collaborate on future projects and, you know, lean on each other and, and elevate what you're doing to, to a bigger impact. Definitely. Oh, that's really cool. That must have been some experience. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was just so nice. To Maybe then. Um, oh, sorry. No, apologies. Go, go on. There's a bit of a delay. Uh, a delay. Go on. Oh, I was just going to say it was really nice opportunity to be in a space with people that understand entrepreneurship and you know other areas of interest it, it was just really nice very innovative um and yeah once in a lifetime experience so i'm really grateful for the opportunity i, I can com completely relate to that experience after what i'd explained before we went live on the podcast yeah. but for anyone out here listening who hasn't been listening for a long time with the unleash innovation camp you know going to china it was only we were only there for five days but you meet a thousand other people from around the world who are coming from all sorts of different countries who are also very passionate about something it might not be the exact thing that you're into but it's something and it kind of rubs off on you and ignites the fire in you and it kind of everyone just hypes each other up and yeah it's, that event was called unleash and i really do think it's unleashed me for the rest of my life and it sounds like a very similar experience that you've had although even more prestigious um, and more exciting, but it's the same thinking of, you know, how can you, yeah, build a community, I guess, of people who who want to see the world a better place. Um, I think it's really cool. Maybe, maybe then we could um, we could go to to if you had anything from all your work and what you've been doing with your twenty eight day habit challenge and from 
the work that you've been doing working uh, with your foundation. Is there anything that you that you think would be important to leave with listeners? You know, what kind of healthy habits do you think people should be following? Um, what might we, we be missing other than having a proper chair to sit at, at my desk right now and, and also not to be in the sun? As you can see, the sun's in my face, which is not the best. Yeah, I would say in terms of healthy habits, one thing that I learned, um, I want to quote the right person, but it was about eat the frog. And when I saw this, I thought, what is this person talking about eating the frog? Um, Brian Tracy. Oh, yeah. so it was basically doing the most <laughs> difficult task on your list first thing in the morning and it just blew my mind I thought oh my gosh this is brilliant because you know when you've got this one thing that you're dragging that you're putting on you know procrastinating procrastinating putting it next month next month you know next week next day um but if you just get it done first thing in the morning you don't have to procrastinate about it because it's not getting done 5 6 p.m it's getting done as soon as possible and I thought that was a game changer for me um, when it comes to just difficult tasks I just don't want to do. And then I think another thing would also be delegating tasks. So if there's something that you just don't have capacity for, maybe just looking at other services um, to help you to achieve the goal, you know, um, I think has been, you know, very um, time, what do I call it, has helped me, you know, achieve a lot of things, delegating work. Um, even now, because I'm working on a website, yeah, yeah. I don't have capacity for it, to be honest with you. So I've kind of led it through with all my ideas and the layout I want it to look like, but got somebody else to build it has saved me a lot of time. So I think knowing that is really helpful as well. Um, the next thing I would say is time blocking, which is something I've been starting to practice as well. So let's say um, from two to four, I blocked out time. I don't use the calendar as a to-do list. I would just put, okay, this time is for internet time or this time is for work time and just push through work during that time. And then I have a separate list that will say, okay, now it's two to four. You're gonna do this, 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 and this. You know, it's helpful to not get your calendar clustered with to-dos so you have a separate thing for that. Because I feel like for me, if I see too much things on my calendar, I would be less likely to achieve them. So having just very nice clear cut calendar really does help. Um, and then I would say the last thing um, would possibly be um, putting in professional goals, but also life goals. So yes, you want mm -hmm. to excel in your business, but what about the vacation in the Caribbean, the vacation in um, Ghana or something, you know, do something for yourself. <laughs> so it kind of balances out what you're trying to achieve um, because you're trying to increase your happiness so you have a bit more energy and enthusiasm for what you're trying to do. So I'm saying whatever it is that is part of your routine, um, make sure there is self-care involved in the routine as well. They're unbelievably great. What What is your personal goal right now, if you wouldn't mind sharing it? Um, personal goal, I'm trying to definitely make more time for myself and time to socialise and, and see the family and things like that. Keeping up with that kind of thing 
is very important. And I am mm. a people person. I like talking to people. I like catching up with friends and things like that. So making time in my calendar for that is very important to me. Cool. Love it. I, I really need to employ that that time blocking um, idea because I get this issue myself where I see my calendar with the to-dos in the calendar and it just becomes so overwhelming sometimes that you just you miss one out you're like I'm just not going to do that <laughs> I'm going to attempt to open this like box open um, and yeah maybe by having it a bit more clean it makes you more it's easier the barrier to entry is easier because you don't see all the tasks ahead so you just like hey it's just this time blocker I'll start and then suddenly you get rolling I, I like that thinking you're welcome cool and yeah, this is this has been really really awesome. Um, you know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all about what you do and your whole journey. Um, if there's anything that you want me to link below, please just let me know. I can of course share the foundation and like your personal social channels and everything. Uh, but anything else, just let me know. And it's been yeah, really good fun. Okay, great. Yeah, I will do. Thank you for having me. It's been really nice speaking with you as well and hearing your experiences. Awesome. I'm I'm just going to stay on the call to record like the intro. Um, but I hope you have a really nice weekend and I'll let you know when the podcast is ready. Okay, thank you. Take care. Awesome. Yeah, you too. Cheerio. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of SDG Talks as much as we did. Check out the show notes for all the resources and please reach out if you think you're a good fit for an interview or have another idea for collaboration. Catch you next time and make sure to keep on SDG talking.